This is episode number 253 of the Live Life Aggressively show. This week, with all of the focus being so much on the immune system during this pandemic event, it's only fitting that we discuss ways to better build the immune system and prepare it for COVID-19 as well as any other viruses that are out there. Also, during these times, they're very uncertain. And therefore, there are a lot of things going on that we don't know about as well as we weren't prepared for. So I take the time to discuss various forms of situation awareness that you can utilize to better prepare yourself and protect yourself during this pandemic. In a lot of municipalities, the police forces are stretched beyond their limits. Therefore, a lot of their mayors have given directives that these cops cannot come and address every crime that you call in. So what happens when you hear something that goes bump in the night? Well, when you call 911, those cops may not come at all. Or who knows when they'll get there. So what do you do to better prepare yourself during these uncertain times of COVID-19? Well, I discuss situation awareness tips that you can use right now and a lot more. And that starts right now. ways that people can like work on some mental things while they're being while they feel like they're being cooped up right <laughs> at this point because like you said man we you look you can start seeing it on people's faces the faces are starting to change last week's faces don't match this week's faces right? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know so right. and that's one of the things i always try to teach people <clears throat> with situation awareness is to look at biometrics and and really get a behavior by the way they move and the way they look and right now is if not it's a better time than any to really hone in your your self-awareness your situation awareness skills to really read body language because again i only feel like things are going to escalate in a negative way as if they keep pushing and pushing extending the date for everyone to have to stay home because again when you're changing someone you're doing a drastic change to a lifestyle that a lot of people have spent years, if not decades, building. If you're the type of person that has to get out and about, and they work, they go out, and they are a very, they're a person that can't sit at home. They don't have a situation where they sit at home. You know, it, it becomes, they become very volatile because that's the reason why we don't change much. That's the reason why we can almost drive home without even thinking about it because we've done it so many times subconsciously, so we already know what to do. And a lot of times, you, you get in this mode of just, doing the same routine over and over and over. You have these patterns. That's why a lot of times it's really easy to, you know, commit a crime against someone when you understand the pattern. That's why you see these movies, you have people casing the bank and things like that because they want to see how things operate all the time. Or if someone's going to rob a house, they, they sit there and they spend a couple of weeks if they're going to go on a robbing spree. They look and see whenever, what time does the neighborhood patrol come through or what time do, do the cops usually patrol this area? And what time does this person... You know, when are they at home, when they're not at home, when's their neighbor home, anyone is spotting us, anyone, do they have cameras on the door, do they have ring, and things like that. <clears throat> so they're casing the joint just to see because all those things they're paying attention to, a lot of times those subjects never change their behavior, so it makes it very easy to get intel on them. So this is the time you got to start thinking like a criminal <laughs> to protect yourself. I always say that, and it always catches people off guard. I'm like, you know what? 
one of the ways to avoid being a victim of a crime is to think about the person committing the crime and think like them. And that's what a lot of cops and detectives, that's what they do. They think like the criminal. That's why it's so easy for them to catch a lot of these idiots because those criminals don't change their patterns either. They make it very easy. That's why a lot of times you can get a serial killer because they leave, even the ones who are not necessarily trying to leave the same clues over and over in order to build a name for themselves. There are other ones, you know, they just do, they commit the same action over and over and over again and they keep leaving little breadcrumbs here and there for you to follow their pattern. So I'm saying, and with all the COVID-19 stuff that's going on right now, this is the time to really work on your situation. Whereas I'm really, yeah, another beautiful thing about social distancing kind of gives you a little bit of space to actually monitor someone without right. them being on you so close and it's too late at that point. So, and if anything, there's another, there's another clue right there. Everybody's supposed to be practicing social distancing right now. Everyone should be at least six feet away from each other. So if someone is consistently trying to be within your space, your personal space, that right there, and and they're not someone that you intimately are connected to, that right there tells you a lot. So if someone's constantly trying to come to you, come in your space, and you're like, hey, hey, let them know with a very stern voice, hey, I need you to back up, dude. You know, first of all, (laughs) we're supposed to be practicing social distancing. And also, I don't know you. And if they're still coming at you, man, and, oh, I just want to talk to you, know, hey, man, I'm just lonely, blah, blah. Don't go for that. <laughs> you know, or, hey, man, I'm just like, you know, I'm just tired of, I just want to interact with a human, man. Why you got to be that way? Don't let someone guilt you into being a victim. <laughs> that's another thing. I, You know, a lot of criminals are like, that's how they set you up. They're like, oh, why are you being like that, man? What's wrong with you? We're supposed to be human, right, in these days and times. And there are some people that will fall for that. Because at the end of the day, no one wants, any good person doesn't want to be looked upon as, the bad person or anyone with a good heart, a good spirit, they don't want to be looked upon as the asshole. So that's kind of where they let their guard down, which is another reason when I teach women in my classes, I tell them that's kind of you're nurturing by nature. I don't care what all of the, you know, the social justice stuff that's going on around there and all the political wreck stuff and feminism stuff. At the end of the day, genetically, it's in the DNA of a woman to be nurtured. If she's really being true to her, her nature. So is you're naturally going to want to be empathetic. You're going to, even when you feel, okay, I don't want, is this guy a threat? But at the same time, I don't want him to be mad at me and think that I, you know, I misjudged or whatever. So let, let me at least hear what you say. You know what? Sometimes they, you got to say like, Hey dude, I said back up and you know what? Bite the bullet. If he calls you a bitch, so what? Here's the thing. If you know you're not a bitch, it doesn't matter what he calls you at the end of the day. And so don't worry about what what they're going to think or how they're going to perceive you, especially if you don't even know this person. That's That right there is the most rewarding thing in the world is when you don't even know these people. They don't know who you are. So therefore, you should don't you don't even have to feel bothered how they're going to perceive who you are and call you names and whatever. So but the most important thing is for you to be safe and you got to do whatever it takes to be safe. So most people are like, well, you know, people thinking that way, they're just being paranoid. No, don't confuse preparing with being paranoid. I think I said that in the episode before this. Don't confuse the two. You know, just go ahead and, and go through your mind. And there's a way you can still be cordial from a distance. Just like when people roll up on you and you're walking and somebody pulls up beside you. Hey, man, can you tell me how to get to so-and-so? Don't walk up to the car to tell them. <laughs> they, did a good, they, did, they did a good enough job of screaming, you know, yelling out the window or speaking loudly out of the window to you while you're on the sidewalk. Stay on the freaking sidewalk and keep walking. Keep walking. Take a look around. 
you know, see, first of all, if it's a car with more, especially with more than one person, yeah, you you might want to go ahead and create a little bit more. Just six feet is not enough. That social distancing is not enough at that point. Now survival distancing, <laughs> you need to keep in mind. So, yeah, man, I don't know how I went on this rant <laughs> about this. <laughs> well, I think it's just for the fact that everybody's about to lose their stuff, you know, by being, you know, in the house and not be able to carry on with their daily routines. That's pretty much how we got it. What you're saying is good advice, period, honestly. Let's take this whole situation out of the equation, because I see people walking around the neighborhood. This is a nice area over here in Henderson, Seven Hills. And one thing that crosses my mind a lot is people feel way too safe. There's a guy I know in my neighborhood. I see this guy walking all the time. He has these big headphones on. Right where you can tell he has headphones on from a mile away, these huge ones that block out sound. So this guy can't yeah, hear it. It looks like it looks like he's about to take an SRA test from elementary school. <laughs> Remember the hearing test? Those big and, headphones you have to wear. Exactly. That's it. yeah, exactly. That's what it looks like. And he's constantly looking at his phone. I don't mean checking it every yeah. once in a while. I mean he's he doesn't look up. This guy is a total target for anyone who wants to mark. assault someone. I mean he is just a mark every time I see him. Right. And he's not the only one that does that. I see a lot of people doing that. And yeah, that's that's a big, big mistake. You're just making yourself a human target. Yeah, I see that especially a lot with females. And I, I really, when I'm out walking around with my dogs and I see women with their head buried in their phone and they have headphones on, it's like I actually want to kind of get at a distance out in front of them to get their attention. And I don't even have to walk up to them like, hey, do me a favor. Stop looking at your phone. I said, for your own safety. Especially in the evening or at nighttime, which I'm like, are you serious? Right. You're doing this at night? <laughs> you know, and which makes it very easy for someone to spot you a mile away. So let's just say there's a criminal somewhere, let's say a hundred yards away. They can find you a lot easier because your little, the screen on your phone is all lit up in the dark and it's pretty much saying, Hey, hey, me over here. I'm, 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 I'm the one you want to victimize next. I got you. I'm right here, buddy. Come get me. <laughs> and I can't hear you anyway, so creep up on me. <laughs> so I at the end of the day, that's not the time. Really, is never the time, but the evening time is really not the time. And especially now because, again, not trying to be a doomsday or whatever, but let's just deal with reality. As the time goes on and people are losing more and more money because they can't go back to work. They're losing more resources because they can't afford to keep buying the food consistently. People are going to do in their mind what they need to do to survive. And they they have to cross that line. Even though you can be the best person in the world, you don't know where your limit is to to stop being that best person in the world, the kindest person in the world. When it comes to survival, for most people, the majority of the world, all bets are off at that point. Right. Especially if you right. have children and they're when when you're putting your family first, that's how you're looking at it. That's why a lot of times when you actually if you go and let's just say you're on jury duty or let's just say you're going to pay a ticket and you're sitting there in court waiting. Sometimes you, when they're have other people standing before the judge, just listen to a lot of them like when the judge like, Why'd you do this, blah, blah, blah. Why'd you do this? What made you do this? Almost the majority of the people you're gonna hear them give the same reason. I just did what I had to do. <laughs> you know, that was their thing. And, you know, of course, in in the the court of personal responsibility, we we're thinking like, well, you could have done something better than that. But at the same time, we don't necessarily know their situation. You know, we're not going to sit there. And, I won't sit there and say that I condone or promote what whatever they did, whatever crime they committed. But at the same time, 
I don't know that person's circumstances. It just makes I want to hear more. <laughs> like why? Right. Why? Why? Right. Why did you feel like that? What you did was doing what you thought you had to do. What's going on with you? And I think most people are just so quick to judge and like, oh, just get that person off the street because I don't, I don't want to feel uncomfortable with that person. I don't care about the situation. Just get them off. Well, there's a problem with that. Let's just say if something is, it's a non-violent crime that they committed. Let's just say, hey, they jacked some ramen noodles out of Walmart because they, they didn't have 10 bucks anymore to buy a gazillion packages of ramen noodles, but they needed something right away and that's what they could fit. And they probably thought like, you know, Walmart probably care less about ramen noodles. They probably pay less than a penny for each package. So they won't miss this. And so you sit there and you think about that, man. Again, it comes down to what is the situation? I, I'm, and the thing is, if you, you sit there and you're not hearing them, that's the main reason why a lot of people come criminals because they feel like people don't see them. And it may not happen then. It may have happened when they were kids. But in the day, it's like we focus on just getting them out of the way and out of our sight so they can be out of our minds instead of actually rehabilitating them. If they just went in and they jacked some ramen noodles from Walmart, now you're going to put them in jail around some hardened, diehard criminals, killers, rapists, thugs, pedophiles, all these people. And now what do you think is going to happen to that person when all they did was take some ramen noodles? Right. <laughs> what, what kind of person do you think they're going to be when and if they get out? Well, guess what? They're not going to be someone that did that just committed misdemeanor theft. Now they're probably about to bump up their lifestyle to something more felonious and violent because that's pretty much what they're going to have to. That's going to be the default when you're locked up inside. Violence is going to have to be your your survival mechanism. You either the violence is going to be committed against you or you're going to, have to use it to protect you. And so that person is not going to be the same person once they come out. And again, we don't really, as a society, especially here in the West, we don't really use prisons to rehabilitate people. So every now and then you got your special case just so they can have a good PR campaign. Oh, they're doing this meditation program, which that's great. Or they're doing this college program. But at the end of the day, when they get out, once they have that college degree from prison, is an employee, employer really going to take them seriously when they get out and give them right. a chance? But yet you make them feel like they'll have a chance when they get out. Well, now you have your college degree. When you get out, you can do better. No, because those people are not even going to look at the fact you can have a degree from, let's just say USC, and you got it from prison. You got it while you're in prison. When you go for that job, you may be qualified for that position. But when they look and see if you've ever been convicted of a crime or a felony, and you check yes, or you spent time in prison, they could care less that you have a master's in psychology or whatever, or criminal justice of all things, from USC. They're just looking at the criminal part of your your resume, and they look right past that. And so guess what? I think it's going to make someone feel when they're just trying to actually get on the straight and narrow and do better. So we, this is a good time for us to really start thinking about, you know, what can we do better as a society for those who are really, man, just just surviving? Because now a lot of people who've had it good we're about to get a taste of how these people lived. <laughs> and so and those are these people kind of looking at some of the people who've been doing well off. They're looking at them like, well, okay, why are you about to lose your, your, your shit? What's wrong with you? This is how we live all the time. Now you know what it feels like. So just, you know, suck it up. Yeah, we're still here. You'll get through it. Whereas some people who've been privileged and had opportunities, they're not going to know what to do, man. They don't, they don't have that survival mechanism intact, even though every human has it. Most just don't even know what to do with it. 
this place. It's kind of like what's going to happen with these checks that are about to go out from the government. Everybody's about to get 1200 2400 and then add all the kids that they have. You've got like four kids, you know, and that's another $2,000. When people get those checks, there are some that are going to be responsible and pay bills. There will be some that will be responsible and like, okay, I don't necessarily, I'm not behind on my bills, but I'm not just going to go out and splurge and go just get on Amazon and just buy stuff because I feel like I deserve it because I've been a good person by staying inside all this time during this, this um, pandemic. There are going to be some that will take that money and flip it. They may start a new business. They may take that money, put it in, in their, their accounts and start finally, finally start working on that side hustle. And now here's the opportunity for them to turn into a business. Then it's going to be some that's going to be the majority. I'm going to go ahead and say that. The majority is going to waste that. They're going to waste that money. And they'll be the main ones a month later bitching and complaining about, we need another check. 1200 wasn't enough. What did you do with the first 1200 Well, I, I, it's my business what I did with it, but it's just, I can't. I, I, <laughs> you, need to take, I, you need to send me another 1200 So that's what's, in, that, that's what's going to happen, man. I mean, it's inevitable. Just looking at patterns. We were talking about patterns earlier. Just looking at people's behaviors when things are good. You, if you spent so many years of your life behaving that way, you think that it's just going to be done in two weeks, three weeks, even just someone getting fit. I always crack up when I hear it's like it takes 21 days to build a, a, a habit, a good habit. So they always say that a lot in the fitness world. I'm like, nah, bro, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, for someone that's truly focused and dedicated, but guess what? Someone truly focused and de- dedicated, they're actually changing their habits right away. It's not even, they're not even taking 21 days because right. they're, they're focused on that. But 21 days is not enough. No, Honestly, not- these days, six weeks is not even enough. It's six months to a year. Just changing one thing is good. And it's honestly, that's, that's huge for a lot of people, but just, to expect people to change a complete every aspect of a lifestyle for the better. So mm, you're asking for a bit much, especially if they've done just the opposite of what they're trying to do now. If they've been doing the opposite for like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. Good luck with that. The programming is in there, man. It's, it's, we've been taught a certain pattern and stayed on that. And if you try to change that up, they'll feel like there's a part of their survival that's being threatened, which again, that's basic human nature. That's the reason why we do the same things every day, because otherwise it's too taxing to try taking new information all the time. That's the reason why we have patterns. So now you're asking everyone, you know, with this virus to change up almost all their patterns. <laughs> you know, even even how much time they spend on the computer and on their phones. That's changed now. And watching Netflix, that's changed now. Where some people will splurge on the weekend because they're off. That's when they watch an entire series on Netflix. Now they have all this time on their hands to do it seven days a week. And it'll just end up becoming overload. And you think it's also going to turn to something healthy in other aspects of their life? You know their eating habits. If their eating habits are crap before, it's going to be even worse by then. If you're just sitting there and you really have no activities going on. Even if you sit there and say, like, yeah, you can still go out to your parks or whatever else. But at the same time, you tell people, you keep drilling in their head, stay home. Stay home. Stay home. Stop the spread. Stop. Stay home. Look, man, we're 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 creatures that need to connect. And after a while, this artificial intelligence, artificial connection of just turning on FaceTime and Skype, it's not going to work for people. Because as much as we act like robots with our phones and our, our computers, at the end of the day, at this at this juncture in humanity, we're still not there as far as being 
full-on Androids at this point. There's still that need for connection. And if people don't get that connection, that's going to turn into another mental issue that I don't think they can even predict and prepare for with people. People are going to lose their stuff because they, they're no longer connected anymore. If you're not connected, what's the point of what's the point of thinking about that empathy gene that you have? So it's not going to be that it's where someone that would have to rob somebody or committed a crime to survive. They would have thought twice because they would have felt guilt. If you, some guilt, just thinking about it and they would actually think about the repercussions if they were to get caught or they were to hurt someone. Well, you kind of diminish that when you've now disconnected everyone and people's heightened empathy pretty much is diminished. It's gone. Then they won't feel as bad because they'll feel you think entitlement's bad now. It's going to be even worse at that point. You're like, well, that person, they should protect themselves. They, if they were in my shoes, they would have done the same thing. Well, you kind of ask, you know, this situation is asking for that. It's a, it's a crazy, unique situation for this time period in life because never in all the four plus decades I've been on this planet have we been in a situation like this where it's global. Now there have been hot spots here and there where you've seen people have to be isolated and to survive, but now it's global. This is this has never happened in our lifetime, man. And so it's it's going to be interesting times. But I, I always feel like you know, of course, people are listening to this, and, and if they're actually thinking now about it, they're probably feeling like, man, they're feeling a little hopeless or feeling like, well, helpless is more like it. They want, what can I do? Well, again, take into consideration you're taking this moment to listen to us and and actually think about this. Now you need to ask yourself like, just time to start playing the math problems, the word math problems. If then, if this were to happen, blah, 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 then what would I do about that? All right. So <laughs> I've, I've been researching this stuff because I get obsessive about things. I've got that moderate bipolar. So I, actually situations like this bring out the best in me, meaning that my energy and adrenaline goes to the max and I get very focused on taking charge of the situation. I don't get depressed at all. I'm not stressed at all about the situation. I'm more concerned about other people. Yeah, same here, man. What's happened to them? But me personally, me, Carol, the, the dogs, I'm not concerned. Of, we're good. We're good. Right. So I'm not stressed about any of that stuff. My business is fine. We're not big spenders. We're, we're not blowing money left and right where we have massive credit card debt right. and can't stay on top of bills. So I think the lesson people should learn from something like this, if you have less is more. <laughs> yeah. It's the importance of having that emergency fund. Every financial advisor talks about the importance of an emergency fund and people hear it and they go, yeah, I'll do that someday. And then a day like this comes and it's too late. Someday. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someday's here. So you, you know, it's funny emergency. just to bring up one quick point. Sure. It's just uh, my wife, my wife and I were riding around. We were heading somewhere. But then we were noticing just like all the businesses that were closed down because of this. And this right. was like, this was a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording. Yeah. And we saw, she brought up a good point. She goes, she goes, well, now I think people realize what's really important, what businesses really, that we really need that should be open. And that all this <laughs> other stuff is just other stuff and it's unnecessary. Right. I was like, right. exactly. I'm like, basically it comes down to, we need gas stations. We need grocery stores. Okay. And we, we okay. We have our park, so we don't need to. Everybody doesn't have to sit there and go and run and join fifty million gyms that they never go to. So right. if you want to, if you want to get out and be active, then go out and be active instead of going out to go somewhere else to be active. You buy, you've passed up all these different opportunities to really 
get out and be active and really take things in to go be in, to go put yourself inside another building and another institution per se, and think that that's going to motivate you to keep going. So it really helps you weed out what's really unnecessary in our lives. Even, even so the restaurants, even the restaurants. So a lot of the dining, dining only restaurants. Now you realize, you know, those are the ones that are shut down right now. Everyone right. else is pickup or delivery. Yeah. Well, now that, that weeds out a lot of that. Now that sucks for like, okay, people are going to think that, well, that sucks for all these people who have those type of businesses. What would they, what would they do? You would adapt. Okay. So if that's the industry that you want to be in, then you would adapt your services according to what's in demand. This is simple economics. And that that's the, and it's not up to you to think for those people. They have to figure out a way as business owners, how they're going to adapt to the market. That's the way, that's how you survive the market and succeed in the market is when you adapt to it. And then you find out what's missing. What's, where's the need out there that's not being met that still falls within the ramifications of, the limitations of where we are at that point. So I just feel like, you know, this is where <laughs> that, that mother invention, a mother of invention, you know, comes to innovation, all that. So this is the time to get really creative. If, if you are of the entrepreneurial spirit, but at the same time, it creates opportunities as well for other employees. Like there's some people probably want to leave that crappy job they were working prior to getting shut down due to this virus. All of a sudden they just didn't have the balls or the will, or they found all these excuses or again, they just feel like, well, I don't want to sit there and quit a job while I go look for another one. And there's plenty, believe it or not, there are a lot of jobs out there during this, those stores, they need people, man. You know, all these companies delivering, they need people. Some of these, these truck, I mean, you still have truck companies, man. As long as the trucks are on the road, we're all good. No one's going to die. Right. <laughs> you know, we're going to be, you're going to survive this as far as resources, as long as the trucks are running. And trust me, when something like this happens, they need more truckers. So all you people, all you folks that have like wasted so much money on that college degree that pretty much didn't do anything for you, didn't even get you employment in the field that you spent four, five, six, seven, eight years to get that degree that masters and that PhD, all of that. And all you did was sit home with it. And you could just brag about that. You have that and put those letters into your name. This is the time now to go learn a trade because one thing about it in times like these trades are in high demand, big, big time. Yeah. I'll tell you what else is open up out there. Supplement stores, vitamin oh. shop, PNC, yes. etc. Guess what? I'm a supplement company and my fulfillment company, Vervante, they're considered a necessary business too. Yep. They're fulfilling orders for me and, thousands of other entrepreneurs. Right. So my business says is, has, is doing fine because my, I'm the customers that bought my stuff before this, that are regular buyers, they're still buying it because right. to them it's right. essential. It's essential to me too. I take my own products. So these are, I mean, it's, it's not essential if you're broke and you lose all, you don't have any in the bank and you can't we'll ride this thing out. Sure. It's not essential at that point, but it's only been two weeks right now at the time we're recording this. It's going to be until the end of April. So it's going to be another four weeks. And I, I understand for a lot of people, that's a really rough situation. Right. But there's also a lot of people like us out there who have been making good incomes and they, they invest wisely and they save a lot. So that is. Get your audio drop, buddy. Oh, there you go. Okay. Now I'm back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so okay. Now, yeah. You're dealing with Skype on your own at this point. <laughs> so. All right. So let me just get into the latest research. We keep hearing about chloroquine in the news. We, we talked about that with Dr. Mark Gordon last time. 
So there is more data coming out on what's effective. The combination of hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, otherwise known as ZPAC, and also some doctors are using 220 milligrams of zinc. So hydroxychloroquine, 200 milligrams, three times a day for 10 days. And that's to drive the viral load down completely. And then, and even if it doesn't go down completely, some research is showing it goes down 80%, which is huge. Azithromycin is an antibiotic. So that's to deal with secondary infections. For example, when I had a horrible flu last year, which sounds very similar, the symptoms to what people are dealing with now, the secondary infection was pneumonia. So that's where antibiotics come in, is to manage those secondary symptoms, get the secondary infections rather. And then 220 milligrams of zinc, that's a really high dosage, once a day for 10 days. And that interferes with viral replication when used with hydroxy, because remember, hydroxychloroquine is an ionophore, which drives the zinc past the cell membrane to protect it from viruses. So that stack is, it looks very promising. It hasn't gone through the clinical trials that it needs to, but time is of the essence. You don't have three months to wait to find if this is the perfect solution. It's, the data looks very promising on that. Now, does this mean that you should go out and buy hydroxychloroquine offshore possibly or get your doctor to prescribe it? No, this is not something that you take as a preventative. This is something that if you unfortunately get diagnosed with COVID-19 and you have these horrible symptoms you keep hearing about, that's something you want to discuss with your doctor, this stack, should you get on it. Me personally, if I dealt with the pneumonia and all the symptoms that we hear about, I would be on this stack in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice about it. You're only on it for 10 days. So yeah, there's side effects with different medications, but you're not on it for six months. So I wouldn't worry about that. Anyway, go to maxlife.org for more information on that each week as, as information is being furnished. We're getting we're receiving all of that. Okay, next, Dr. Chetrian. Chetrian. <laughs> now you pronounce He's a Chechnya. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm looking at his name and I'm thinking Chechnya, and, and that's not what it is. It's yeah. Anyway, I'm not even going to try to say it again. I'll, I'll just give you the name for the show note. But anyway, this guy's Canadian. He's actually in China right now because he used quercetin that we talked to Dr. Mark Gordon about. All the research on quercetin to fight Ebola and SARS is coming from this guy, and he's had a lot of success with it. So the dosage that he recommends when you have full-blown symptoms, 50 to 100 milligrams per kilogram, which equals about three to seven grams of quercetin a day, which is a lot. So that's not something you would take every day as a preventative. This is if you're diagnosed with a condition. And obviously, you want to have some kind of medical supervision. You start manifesting all these symptoms. That's not something where you want to just try to deal with it alone. Get medical advice, discuss the possibility of adding quercetin with these other medications. Just be informed on what works, but don't play around with things. As you research things, it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to start doing that now. And that, that's missing the whole point. Now also keep in mind that a lot of foods have small amounts of quercetin. So you probably, you may be getting a couple hundred milligrams just by default. If you're eating black beans, I know you love being sincere, and I do too. I eat a lot of them. They're pretty high in quercetin, onions, fruits, vegetables. So those of us on a plant-based diet, we're actually getting a good amount of quercetin from our from the foods we eat. There's some in green tea as well. Not enough for the for the benefits we were discussing here in terms of fighting these viruses, but it's it's something. So you're not starting from zero. All right. Now this research was done with Ebola, this Zika virus. 
and SARS. So it hasn't been determined that it will be effective with COVID-19 because this is new. We don't know for sure. We're just basing it on similar type things because SARS was a coronavirus as well. The difference is that SARS killed 8,000 people worldwide by the time it was contained. Actually, 8,000 people were affected. It killed 800, which is way lower than what we're dealing with with COVID-19. With COVID-19, just in the U.S., we're over 3,000 deaths and I think 160,000 infected. And like you said, Sincere, that's just because more testing is being done now. So, of course, we're going to see that number keep going up. It doesn't necessarily mean that more people are getting infected. It's just more people are finding out that they actually have it. So we don't know for sure how fast this thing is spreading. That's the other thing as well that we need to take new equation. Every time we see these numbers in the news, we're like, oh man, it keeps going up. It's like, yeah, it keeps going up because more people are getting tested. Right. <laughs> it's not just going up without some kind of quantifying mechanism. So this stuff with Christine, in a couple of weeks, there's actually a trial going on in China. This doctor is in China right now. I think it's a $5 million grant he got to do some pretty good research. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll learn more about it. I'm taking quercetine now. I don't see any reason not to take it because even if it doesn't help with COVID-19, it has a lot of other benefits. People with allergies use it, inflammation. It's good for gut health. It actually has some anti-estrogenic effects. I'm actually considering putting this in maybe a future batch of EC and I may even put it in Restorzon because it's, you take it on an empty stomach just like Restorzyme has enzymes that mitigate inflammation, quercetin is similar mechanism, but it also absorbs much better when you take it with bromelain, which is in Restorzyme. So when you buy a quercetin product, if you're taking Restorzyme, you don't have to buy bromelain, just take Restorzyme with quercetin. If you're not taking Restorzyme, get a quercetin with bromelain. And if you can't find it in a mix, just buy the two separately. And then also vitamin C, bromelain, these three together, that increases absorption. And those are all beneficial things to take, whether this is effective against COVID-19 or not. All right. There is a really good lecture on YouTube, very technical. So it's not going to be interesting for everyone, but it, it actually goes into the science of how zinc, the combination of zinc and quercetin, why it may be really effective against COVID-19. And I'll send that to you, Sincere, if you want to put it in the show notes or check it out yourself. Okay, one more thing. Let's talk about EGCG again. This is that green tea extract that Dr. Gordon brought up last week. Now, for those of you that have been listening to the show for a long time, that may sound familiar to you, EGCG. And the reason why is Jerry Branham, supplement expert, he was on episode 178. And he indicated that there's some research that EGCG can cause liver damage in some people that consume it. Now, this doesn't mean that drinking green tea causes liver damage because a really high quality cup of green tea is is not standardized for EGCG. Again, this is an extract. So don't be fearful about drinking green tea. Keep drinking green tea. There's a lot of health benefits to that. But with supplements, if you have any existing liver issues, then I would skip EGCG. And also, if you are going to take it, you want to have a liver profile done maybe two months afterwards just to make sure it's not affecting liver enzymes. Or you could just take quercetin because they both do the same thing, not take EGCG at all. So long story short, you don't have to take quercetin and EGCG. Initially, I was thinking about stacking the two. 
But until I know more about this possibility of liver damage, I'd rather just go with the one that I know doesn't damage the liver and stick with that. Okay, next final point here. Now there is some research that nitric oxide inhibits the replication cycle of severe acute respiratory syndrome, that's SARS. Now nitric oxide is high in many foods such as beets, spinach, arugula, rhubarb, Swiss chard, kale, dark chocolate, at least 70% coca, pomegranate, celery, and watermelon. Now, rhubarb is interesting because I had someone send me a bunch of research on how rhubarb may block the replication cycle of these viruses as well, and it probably does so because of the nitric oxide it contains. So if you're eating these foods, your nitric oxide levels are probably pretty good. If you wake up with an erection every morning, that's a good sign that not only your testosterone is pretty good, but that your blood flow and nitric oxide levels are really good too. The two most effective supplements for increasing nitric oxide are one, citrulline, which increases arginine levels more than taking supplemental arginine would without also no gut distress. Citrulline is highly tolerable. And then there's one called glycine propanol L-carnitine. That's effective as well, way more expensive than citrulline. Citrulline is actually going to be in my pre-workout drink, which should have been out by now, but well, the manufacturing sites are closed because GBD. of the virus. <laughs> Every time I think it's almost about to be done, there's, there's something that comes up, which is why I haven't discussed it that much. There's no information about the product on my website. There's no release date because I don't know when it's going to happen, especially with this like, whole thing. It's like going back to when you were putting the testosterone booster together. Oh, I know. Same thing, you know. But hey, yeah. when it came out, it's it's doing its thing. So, right in, in this situation, it's truly it's, again, it comes down to the resources being available and people being available to put those resources together. Whereas with the testosterone boost, it was about the re- you know the actual ingredients. So right. just be patient, folks. <laughs> so it's yeah, coming. it's an awesome product. I've used it. There's no stimulants in it, no caffeine, nothing that's going to jack up your heart rate. Just stuff that fills up your muscles, improves your mind-body connections, so your brain is firing more effectively, the muscles contractions will be stronger. It's a great product. That's going to be out hopefully this year. <laughs> we'll see how this whole thing plays out. Right. All right. Now, that's all I had to say. Um, let me see. Scroll down here. Make sure I covered everything. That's pretty much all I wanted to say. And as it, again, as this research keeps coming in, I'll share what I think is useful. Because a lot right. of stuff I read, I don't think it's useful at all. Right. And I don't want people feeling like they have to go out and buy 50 products. Okay, I'm taking that quercetin. I just got some zinc. Oh, okay, let me get that rhubarb now. Then the next week, oh, yeah, let me get intravenous vitamin C. And then all of a sudden, you're taking 50 products. You don't know what's doing what. Just go with the ones that we th- are the optimal. And quercetin and zinc is, is the combination. Okay. Now, in terms of <laughs> what's going on out there, some real twilight shit, twilight zone shit, what's going on out there. I mean, it, it is really weird to be out there. You go to a grocery store and everyone has those stupid ass masks on. Right. You know, like, like I feel like I'm on a, I'm on a mash set. <laughs> like I told you, man, look like, especially when I see people that look like me, I said, what are you doing? Auditioning for Grey's Anatomy? What are you doing? <laughs> and, now, and now some people have some fashionable ones, right? It has skulls oh, yeah. on it. <laughs> Soon bands. I bet you anything, a lot of bands are going to start coming out hey, with masks with their logo on it. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of people that can 
since they have like a lot of the medical professionals, um, they're running out of PPE. They're running out of equipment as far as masks and gowns and all that. So there are a lot of folks calling for people to start putting those together for them. And they actually have a protocol. I forgot the website. I don't have it on me right now where yeah. if you can sew, man, and they're asking for you to help manufacture these things. There's this one comedian. She was on um, Tiffany Haddish's Netflix special, you know, she ready. I think that's the name of it. Well, there's a Latina comedian named Ida Rodriguez. I believe that's her name. Yeah, and I just reposted her. If you guys follow Mike and myself, he follows on Instagram. I had actually reposted where she's actually using her own money to create stipends for people that can sew and help put these gowns together so she can get distribute gowns to the medical professionals in New York. That's what she's based out of. And of course, we know as of the time we were recording this, um, medical professionals in New York and Cali, Louisiana, Florida, and Connecticut and New Jersey. Man, they're going through it in Washington State because those right. were like all the highest cases are right now to the point where our governor at the time of this recording has already, since Louisiana has such a high number, basically he has all of our DPS officers, our state troopers on at the state lines between mm-hmm. Louisiana and Texas. And wow. anyone that's coming into Texas, they have to voluntarily at this point that, that we're recording this, they have to self-quarantine for 14 days. Anyone traveling right. in from Louisiana by car. Everyone else is flying in from these other states, from like to New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Louisiana, California, um, Florida, even people coming in from Atlanta, from Georgia. Uh, all those people, once they get to the airport, guess what? You're going to be told to, to um, self-quarantine as well because of all the high numbers. So basically he's trying to keep the numbers down in Texas and not trying to get more of the virus imported into the state while we right. deal with what we have now. And yeah. a lot of people think that's kind of extreme, but I was like, well, it's better than us having to be, have a mandatory quarantine because the numbers spiked beyond yeah. just who was getting tested just for the fact that people are bringing it in, bringing it in from other places, which right. yeah, think about that. They're coming from their regions. That strain might be way different than the strain that's happening here in Texas, considering that we're a much hotter state. So right. that, that, that virus, that strain might be a little weaker compared to the one from Washington state where it's colder and damper there and there's a lot more moisture or coming in from the Northeast where, you know, some of them are still having cold temperatures. So that means that the virus may be a lot stronger because it didn't have enough heat to help, you know, tamper it down. So it only makes sense at this point. Yeah. As far as doing what you can do at this point, at least what you think that might help at this point, because honestly, minus these protocols that, that Mike just mentioned where they're, they're doing testing and research now and it's showing promise and these so-called vac- vaccines that'll be coming out, which won't be coming out probably for another 12 months to, to 16 yeah. months. And, and that's yeah. the thing about those things. There's like, that's like new software. When you come out with a new vaccine, do you really want to be the first one to test it out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's in beta mode big time, even because I'm pretty sure it's really hard to get. Usually when they get ready to come out and they're testing a drug and they're doing trials, they can get people to come in and, you know, and become part of that trial. But right. we're in a situation now where no one's going to volunteer to be in a trial. <laughs> and, and do you really want these folks to come in and do it? So it's a real, like you said, it's a very twilight zone situation. It's like, this is a situation that again, no one could ever really foresee. Even those who, even the, the tinfoil hat people who said that, you no, know, a big virus is coming. Yeah. That's, that's fine and all, but what do you do when it comes? What is it going to look like? And no one knew that. No right. one knew that. 
and trust me, if someone did know that, they're not talking. <laughs> they're not going to say they that they no professional that actually like truly knew that this was going to be at the, at the scale of how this thing was going to turn out. They're not going to come forward and say that and show the proof that they knew that because now you're looking at like, oh, well, that was very irresponsible of you not to say anything. So they could probably face some criminal charges for that. So no one's going to come forward and be like, I knew it. Oh yeah. Proof. So then again, this is about survival and that wouldn't be very good as far as survival is concerned. And at this point, what good does it do? It's not like it's going to make everything reverse by, you know, getting this person. So, I mean, the way, the way I look at dealing with this virus is the way I look at dealing with physical confrontation. And here's what I mean by that. Now, should you go out of your way to avoid physical, physical confrontation? Absolutely. Just avoid places where people drink a lot, (laughs) you know, avoid places that you know are combative environments. But that doesn't mean that you're a hundred percent foolproof from getting into a violent situation right. just because you're avoiding the hotspots. It could very well still happen to you in a place where you're not expecting it to. So when that does happen, you need to have a skill set so you can handle it rather than saying, I'm just going to avoid trouble. Well, sometimes trouble is going to find you whether you try to avoid it or not. Right. That's the way you have to look at this virus is the virus is you want to do all the things to keep yourself healthy. You want to do all the guidelines we keep hearing about every day. That's all good. Is that going to be 100% effective? No. That's why people are, are still getting this virus. And part of it, again, is because of the, the testing we just mentioned. But you have, to, you have to accept the reality that you may become exposed to this and you may manifest these symptoms. So and if that happens, you want to have a course of action to initiate immediately. Just like when we had Thomas Inglot on, on a while back talking about alternative cancer measurements, treatments. See, that's whether... People are going, I don't have cancer. I don't want to hear that episode. Well, that's the wrong way to look at it. The right way to look at it is, let me bookmark that episode. Hopefully, I never have to deal with the issues they're talking about in that episode, but I want to be able to access that information when I need to, and I want to be able to contact Dr. Inclinon and get treatment, ASAP, once once I'm aware of having these symptoms. So those are the preventative tactics. Now, with the, the other thing with this coronavirus is that looking at things like SARS and the Zika flu and so forth, when you look at SARS, it was nowhere near as contagious as this COVID-19 is. So like you said, you couldn't have looked at previous data and said, here's what we need to prepare for. We're learning as we're going. You know, we're in this situation and we're, we're learning how to deal with it while we're in this situation. Right. The information is always going to be clumsy when that's the case even the smartest scientists, they're just putting together theories and trying to realize them quickly, as fast as possible. But it's a crazy time. It's really weird energy out there. And like you said, the, the difference between the energy of the first week versus now, I mean, you see some people that are really happy walking around and that's kind of crazy too, as if everything's normal. <laughs> you know? And then you see other people that are just glued to the news all Right. And I'll, I'll be honest, man, I'm watching the news too. I'm not watching it all day, but I'm watching the news more than, than I normally do. And mainly because I want to stay apprised to what's going on with chloroquine and other developments. Right. But for the most part, the more the news you watch, the more fearful you're going to become. You yeah, want to I, do made a point to, I made a point to find the resources, especially locally that are most important and that's getting information like our OEM services here in Houston, our mayor and our county judge, all these folks, our governor and all that. I made a point to turn on my notifications for them on Twitter. 
Right. That's where they're disseminating information as it happens. If they're going live, then they're going to tweet to say, we're going live at three o'clock to give you an update on this, that, and the third. So it's better. So therefore it kind of keeps me from having to turn on the news. And, and a lot of times the news is not getting it right anyway. They're flying by the seat of their pants as well, because they're just trying to keep you glued. So they're going to say whatever it is to keep you, keep those eyeballs on them because they, they're still making money at this time. They're still selling yeah. ads and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go where I'm going to get the information that that's pertaining to me in my area, especially I'm going to get that from those social media services, excuse me, those social media accounts of those officials who are going to be, who are on the front lines and who are going to also be the decision makers of what's going to happen as far as the protocol and dealing with this and how it affects me and mine. So I'm not necessarily, I don't care what governor Northam is talking about in Virginia, you know, as far as about he's locking them down or whatever else, other than the fact that I'm thinking that, okay, that's messed up, you know, or, or I'm, I'm looking at, okay, why are they, why are certain officials doing certain things in their jurisdictions? Then I look at that because then they kind of, then it brings about my profession and also talking to folks who look to folks like us in this industry, in the self-protection industry, like, okay, what do I do now? Like now we, it's, it's almost like martial law. It's like now they're, they're stopping everybody in this, that, and the other. Like, how do I protect myself? And the police are not, they, they just posted our local police just posted that they're not going to come out for certain crimes. Right. And what do I do about that? Right. Oh, so that's where folks in my industry are very vital. And, it is very, it's at the utmost importance that we have our information straight as well before we disseminate that type of information when someone asks. And to not be afraid to say, I don't know, but let me find a resource for you. So if Mike is asking me like, you know, now there's a stay at home order in Nevada, in Las Vegas, you know, what are my rights as far as, you know, the second amendment or, you know, having a gun and being able to protect myself and, I said that the cops are not coming out for nonviolent crimes and the, the, the response time for violent crimes is increased due right. to what's going on right now. So what do I do? What are my options, you know, as a citizen? And so at that point, I'm like, well, I, here's what, here's what it looks like on a federal level. Now, as far as your state, here's a good resource for that. As far as your city, then I don't have the answer to that you might look at this website or I actually have a colleague that's actually an instructor out there, you know, reach out to them and see if they can help. you. So this is a time for folks like myself to be a resource and not sit there. And of course what people are starting to realize is that, you know, I did post a meme that there are a lot of anti-gun people that are realizing that the second amendment was not about hunting at this time, <laughs> you know? So a lot of people get they're they're getting that sobering reality now to understand that this has nothing to do with hunting. <laughs> you know, and it, it is your right. And there are some folks, you know, that want to ridicule them, you know, because now these people who are so against guns are now trying to get them. But, you know, my thing is I'm here, welcome them with open arms. I'm like, if you have any questions, you know, send me a DM. If you're here in Houston, you know, and in this area or in Texas, and you still want, you want to get your license to carry now, then here's, I have an option for that. You can actually do the classroom portion online. So I'm not holding classroom, the physical classroom portion anymore. Because, of course, for the obvious, you don't have a group setting and a bunch of people who are less than six feet away from each other in an incubator classroom with AC running just to feed this virus, the potential to feed this virus. But you can do it from the comfort and safety of your own home. And then once you complete that, then you reach out to me and we'll schedule a time where you can finish the, the range portion of it. Because the beautiful thing about our state, 
just like a few other states, a lot of other states in this in the in um, this country, they've deemed that gun stores, gun ranges, the employees there, instructors, we're all deemed essential at this point. Yeah. So, and <laughs> it's it's showing because even as we finish the recording on this show, I have to meet with some clients today at the range to help them with the range proficiency part of their test for their license to carry. So, but at the same time, this is also an opportunity for a lot of folks in my industry to step up and for folks who were always on the, probably were on the fence or against gun ownership and they're here now, this is the time to make them feel comfortable and realize like, Hey, welcome to the fold. I'm glad you finally taking responsibility for you and yours because it's on you. As my friend Quentin says, now, you know, another instructor out in Alabama, it's on you. And at the end of the day, you're your own first responder. It's sobering to a lot of people that have to hear that, but it's the truth because right, when, when your life really matters, then, you know, within seconds, the, the cops are always minutes away. So, and, and most of them are coming to investigate a scene in the first place. They're not your executive protection, you know, like they're not your protective force or whatever. So they're not your bodyguards for the most part. People mix that up. No, that's on you to do that. So my biggest thing is for a lot of folks who are going out and finally exercising their right to bear arms, also you make sure you train and learn gun safety. Yeah, there's going to be the opportunities to train are going to be very minimal at this point as far as classes and to learn like defensive gun use. However, there are a lot of virtual training going on. Yeah, it doesn't equal going to the range and putting, you know, lead down range into paper or onto targets. But the basics, just like with training, fitness training, the basics are so important before you can do all the other stuff. So before you can learn how to unholster your gun and shoot in a defensive situation, you got to learn those those basics, those four to five basic gun rule safeties, the safety rules. So that's where the virtual training comes into that. And I'm actually working on getting that up to help folks out as well. So they can at least learn those basics and other things as far as self-defense in your home that you can learn. Even if you, if you just use dry fire or you use airsoft pistols or if you're using, you know, the plastic blue guns, just to right. for that. also to learn safety when you have children in the house, to learn security measures as far as how to lock it up, where to lock it up, and to have the discussion with family members about firearms and, and the safety regarding them. So this is all new to a lot of people, to people that have already been doing it. This seems so obvious, but you know, it wouldn't hurt to go back and just be reminded of some of these things as well. So those are all really good points. And the thing about, you know, I have very limited training with guns. I've only been out shooting a couple of times, but one thing that is very evident is that it's a, it's a, it takes a long time to develop the skill of shooting and also, it's a perishable skill. Yes, it's a defensive skill. Exactly. Yeah, imagine, imagine if you decided you want to improve your deadlift, but you only do it three times a year in terms of training. Right. How much, how much progress do you think you're going to make? Not a whole right. lot. So if you have a gun at home, but you only practice shooting it maybe five, six times a year, how good do you think you're going to be when your heart rate's through the roof and someone's blasting through your door? Yeah. Exactly. And maybe your kids are running around, so there's variables. You can't just shoot. You can't just spray bullets. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <so laughs> because my friend, my friend Jordan, about, you know, like 
even if I can't go to the range, I dry fire practice at home. I create scenarios right. in my head, you know, like, okay, someone right. kicked in the door right now while I'm sitting here doing this podcast. You know, <laughs> what are my options? Well, yeah. I'm strapped right now. <laughs> you know, I'm strapped right now. So, but I'm also, I've always trained, I've also trained how to get out of the way. So if I'm going to draw my weapon, see, three, three of the rules that one of my instructors always taught us, whether we're doing knife, we're doing empty hands, whether it's with handgun, rifle, whatever. One thing about it, if you are being attacked, and, you know, most people, a lot of instructors, their default thing is, you know, well, you've got the gun, you've got the advantage. No, my thing is you've got the brain. You have the advantage if you've trained that brain to, for this type of scenario. It may not be the exact scenario, but the most important weapon that you have is your mind. It is not the, what you carry on your waist, what you have in the trunk of your car, your glove compartment. It's, it's, what, it's having the mindset to actually make the decision to defend yourself or make the decision to walk away from a situation with it. You didn't have to use deadly force, but if your default is to always just get your gun or get your knife, you know, that does, again, what's the context of the situation. You can't just let that be your default answer. So three of those rules that one of my instructors, my mentors taught me, it's like, you're being attacked. The first thing you do, defend the attack. So whatever's happening, they're putting hands on you, whatever else you have to defend that attack, defend against that. Then the second rule is to create time. So give yourself time so you can move to number three, if number three is necessary, which is to draw and or deploy your weapon. Okay. So whether it's a knife, whether it's a stick, whether it's, it's mace, you know, whether it's a paint gun, <laughs> whether, you know, a baseball bat, you have to first do that. First thing is defend yourself first. So if they're swinging wild on you, you have to defend that attack in order to create time in order to, you've got to, it's almost like weights. You've got to earn, you got to earn the right to pull out that tool to defend yourself. Just like with weights, people that have never worked out or haven't worked out in years. First thing you want to do is start doing kettlebell training or they want to get a 500 pound deadlift. They want to go straight to the bar and put two plates on each side for bench press, but you haven't lifted in God knows when. No, you have to earn those weights. If you can't sit there, if you can't do 20 push-ups without getting winded, you can't do 20 push-ups in a minute. What makes you think you can start benching 225? You know, if you can't sit there and just do a hundred body weight squats, you know, nonstop without catching cramps, why do you feel like you can get under the, the, the squat bar, you know, get under the bar in a squat rack and start doing squats with weights? You know, if, if your core is weak as crap, then deadlifts, squats, all that should be the last thing on your mind. You need to start working on your body weight. So you need to earn those weights. I've always said that as a trainer. Well, in the fitness world, well, I say the same thing now in the personal protection world. You have to earn the right to use that knife, that gun, even your hands. And you do that first by defending attack and creating time. So those are three principles that they work in anything because also creating time also gives you a moment to actually clarify as what's my next range of action, course of action. Do I engage this person? Is it a deadly force situation? Can I use non-lethal force? You have to think about it. You got to make that decision in a split second. You don't have all day. It's not a, it's not a final jeopardy question. <laughs> you know, who are they playing the jeopardy theme song and giving you time to write down and think about it? No, it has to happen right then. And, and how you make the most optimal decision is going through those scenarios in your head and training every day for that. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So he, I, I, I never stop training, man. Even, you know, even when I'm watching shows, I'm dry firing and I might pick in my mind who should be the bad guy on a TV show. 
And so while those things, I don't pause the TV and then, you know, work on dry fire practice and aim and pull and press the trigger while that person is on pause. I have it where the show's still playing. So therefore I, I need to get on target before the next scene pops up and that person's, the camera's not on that person because it's a split second. So it's constantly going. So that kind of gives me, you know, and I use, you know, I'll use a laser. So therefore I can see where I'm hitting. You know, if it, you know when I pull the tr- when I press the trigger, that teaches me also to get on target. Because sometimes if you sit there and it ends up shooting the other actor in the scene, then that could be the same thing that would happen out in real life. You may hit an innocent person if you're right. not right there on target. And this is a very calm environment. I'm at home by myself, besides being with my dogs. You know, but if you're out there, like you said, like you know, when the adrenaline's pumping, when you toss in adrenaline. <laughs> You know, we make a lot of poor decisions when our heart rate is up. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, a lot of people. The heart rate gets so high. Sam Sheridan wrote about this in one of his books. You know, he, yeah. we had him on the show first, his first year. We did yeah. it as well. But he talks about it. When your adrenaline it gets to a certain point, if someone asked you your name, you wouldn't even be able to remember. And that's another reason why, yeah. <laughs> that's another reason why a lot of attorneys that specialize in defensive gun use tell you, like, I'm with an organization called um, Texas Law Shield, which is part of U.S. Law Shield. And that's another thing. If you have a, if you have a firearm now or any weapon, you know, get some insurance, man, to cover your ass. Because right. every bullet has a lawyer attached to it, whether it's right. for you or against you. Right. <laughs> but, you know, that being said, they always tell us, it's like, after defensive gun use, like, man, don't talk to the cops or your lawyers there. Because what you think happened when you have that adrenaline dump going on may not necessarily be what happened and what you say can and will be used against you. You know, yeah. that's the reason why that amendment is there. That's why, that's why you have that, that, that fifth amendment. Take the fifth man. Shut up. Stop talking, you know, and let the professionals handle this. So that's, that's another thing is like, just tell the officer, look, I'm, I'm more than willing to cooperate with the investigation. And I, and I will answer any question. I will help in any way that I can. Once my attorney, gets here and they're on their way because i always tell people if you're in a situation the first thing you do you when you call 911 you let them know that you're you've been a victim of a crime and <clears throat> describe what you're wearing and just describe what the assailant is wearing how they look and so therefore when law enforcement gets there they know who at that moment who the good guy the potential good guy is and the bad guy is because if they just show up and you got a gun in your hand and there's a body on the ground they don't know who you are if you haven't described yourself. So you could be the one who's actually the criminal. <laughs> you might find yourself in a whole different situation. And everybody's adrenaline is pumping at that time. You, the officers, everyone. So when you're screaming, I'm the victim, I'm the victim. And uh, they don't know that. Yet. Again, they're there to enforce the law and investigate crimes. So they don't know who <clears throat> the potential good guy and bad guy is. So be very descriptive of who you are, what you're wearing, what the assailant, how they look. And then, you tell 911 to send the, the police and send an ambulance because you're a good guy. You don't want this person to die. You want to show that you are a good person. So you want an ambulance to get there as well. If this person is no longer, if this, if this threat has been neutralized. And then after that, your next call, call your attorney right away so they can get out there and get on the scene so they can answer any questions and assist with the investigation the correct way. So I think there's a lot of valuable lessons that people should be learning from this situation. I mean, one is everything you just discussed. That's an obvious one. I mean, there should be an obvious one. It's a crucial one. 
Right. So it's maybe, I mean, now's the time to get prepared so that you're not in this. Some, some people are going, I'm not prepared at all for this. And that's a common response. Right. But now that we've been through this thing, your goal should be to be as prepared as possible for not just this, but for the next time something like this happens. And there will be a next time. Something like, this, something like this will happen again, and it's probably going to be worse than this time. Because oh, yes. That's, that's the nature of these viruses. They keep becoming more virulent each time they surface. Right. And then, and then I, in addition to people should realize the importance of being healthy right now. Because when yes. you look at the people that are dying, the people that are that are dying the most are people that have health complications, either they're obese or they're diabetic or they have high blood pressure. COPD, you know, from smoking for all these years. And And then there's a lot of people who have those issues, but they don't know. I mean, a lot of people walk around with high blood pressure. They never check it. They like, Oh, I feel fine. (laughs) You know, that's why they say that usually the first heart attack is your last one. True. So now it's after I had this horrible flu last year, it really took a hit on my respiratory system and my blood pressure was elevated for a minute. I really made it a priority to work on cardiovascular training. Yeah. And I started doing that three, four times a week and then just did maintenance. All right. All right. <laughs> Fortunately, I stopped talking because I saw it was disconnected. So I wasn't just blabbing on. Yeah. So you, you were talking about um, the reason why you started doing the, the maintenance part was the part where. Yeah, comes. I started doing the, the cardiovascular thing, but it, it just shows how important physical training is because being strong and fit is really good for your immune system. and makes it stronger. You don't want to overtrain either. And that's a mistake. I'm sure some of our fitness friends are doing right now. Mm. I can just imagine people working out three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> right. My gains, man, my gains. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not worried about, I'm, I'm tra- you know, to tell you the truth. I don't miss the gym at all. <laughs> you know, right. I have a nice little home set up here. I've got my right. trap. Bar, I've got some kettlebells, which I haven't used in a while. And I've got my ab wheel rollout, glute ham raise. Right. I've got my own music playing in the background. None of this crappy ass music. Not a bunch of bother me. And not or a bunch staring. Of teenagers <laughs> walking around taking photos of themselves every two seconds and yeah. making the bathroom. The men's room smells like toxic waste. <laughs> <laughs> And also what's cool is I'm working. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go work out now. I go in the garage, I bang it out. It's over. Get back to the shower, get back to work. So I'm actually probably going to know, at least you know who's been in that shower. shower. (laughs) I just go use my own showers. It's perfect. And then I'm doing weight fast walks. I'm going, okay, I'm walking the dogs every day. Let me put a weight fast on. Not every time, but a couple times a week to get some additional cardiovascular training. I'm going to start doing some sprinting soon. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there's there's so many things that that you can do that I'm doing so many different things that I haven't done in a while with training and I'm enjoying it. It's a totally different stimulus for my body, but yeah, I don't care about PRs right now. I don't care about gains or any of that stuff. I'm just doing it for, to keep my mental health up because physical training is with with all this tension going on out there. You need some kind of release. Right. I'm not going to just sit around and watch TV and eat junk food all day, which a lot of people are doing. And these are the same people who said I don't have time to work out. Okay, well, now you're at home. A lot of people are paying at home. <laughs> that was your excuse. <laughs> yeah, all the time in the world. Man, you got people like, oh, man, another month of this. And these are people that are getting paid to stay home. What are you complaining about? Well, I'm making- right. <laughs> I can understand someone who lost their job and they don't have income coming in. Sure, that's stressful. But there's plenty of people that are they're getting either their whatever their salary is or they're getting some portion of it yeah. to essentially be on vacation. So you should take advantage of that time and not just physical training, but there's there's all kinds of college level courses you can take. Now I'm not saying that you necessarily need to pursue a degree, 
but there's courses that you can audit on various websites. Yeah, Coursera. Uh, oh gosh, uh, Concerta, uh, Yeah, that's the one I think. Because I actually, I, I'm actually taking um, a violence class on there as well right there now. Go. Yeah, there's one on depression and happiness that's supposed to be really good. So now is an opportunity to learn some new skills. I'm doing more research than I ever have, mainly about this, just trying to understand this virus as much as possible. Yeah. And, and understand possible therapeutic protocols. And not and you have to remember that anything that helps your immune system fight off COVID-19 is going to be useful for fighting off other viruses as well, including exactly. the regular flu. I mean, the regular flu is still out there. Now, people yeah, are still exactly. <laughs> it's still there. You can still catch a cold. You can still get the regular flu. That stuff's not going away. Exactly. So just make yourself in, impenetrable to all this stuff. Kind of like uh, this analogy I was using. I was trying to explain how these, these zinc ionophores work to someone, and the person just wasn't getting it. So I'm like, hey, you ever seen that TV show Oz? It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Remember that episode where Adebisi raped that guy? Notice how that he, had, he was able to just penetrate without any issue, okay? Now, imagine <laughs> if that guy had steel, imagine if he had steel underwear on with a padlock. So Adebisi pulls down his shorts, but, he, but it doesn't matter. He's got steel underwear on, right? <laughs> he also happens to have a face mask on, so he can't be, he, he can't be penetrated there. <laughs> That's what zinc does. Well, that's what that's what you want your that's how you want your immune system to be, buddy. <laughs> Remember in Spartacus when two guys held down Caesar and then you know, right. Think, think of the three guys as the virus trying to get in you. That's why don't be Caesar, man. Don't be young Caesar. Okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So I think that's a good place to end. Where do you go after that? It's a lot of info. Um, there was a lot of, there was quite a few other things that we wanted to cover, but of course, you know, with everybody, you know, using their communication devices right now, because everybody's at home, yeah, Skype, using all these other applications and using up all of their high speed internet. It was so we had some difficulties or whatever. So you probably won't hear them as much. Thanks to the art of editing, but yeah. Thank you. Believe me, we feel it over here. But I, the fact that this thing is not going away anytime soon and people are clamoring for information, they want to get it from good, good sources. And yeah. that's, we yeah. want to be those, we want to be those resources for you guys. So we're going to continue to, like Mike said, just keep researching, man. Because like I said, this is why a lot of people are very, they're afraid and fearful during this situation or very uncertain. You know, I'm, yeah, there's some uncertainty there for all of us. But I'm, I get even more fascinated during this. It's like yeah. I'm the kid that would just take the radio apart just so I can see how it worked and try to put it back together again. Or at least I can tell you when when it goes wrong with yours, when something goes wrong with yours, I can tell you why I did that because I already did the research for you. <laughs> you know, so there's no use in reinventing. Honestly, a situation like this should bring out the best in you. You should be yes. a more compassionate person. You should be a more self-aware person. You should be a more educated person. That's the way that means situations like this if, if, it, if it brings out the worst in you, that says a lot about you. If it brings out the best in you, that says a lot about you as well. So right. you, you want to be in the best category. You don't want to be someone who just goes into a panic and buys up everyone's toilet paper supply in town. So now no one else can get any. <laughs> you know? exactly. Because that's not helping. Come on, you're making, you're jacking up the water lines because, you know, I'm starting out. I read somewhere and saw somewhere that, you know, yeah, a lot of plumbers are having issues because people are using whatever they can to clean themselves, whether it's, you know, newspaper, 
first of all, don't flush newspaper down the toilet, you dingbats. You know, they're finding, like, they're getting clogged up with different pieces of, like, clothing because people are using that. So understand that, and that's going to affect you eventually. If you have a stockpile of toilet paper, it's going to suck when you have no sanitation. You have no toilet because people like you have made it harder for other people, and they're using whatever they can, and they're not being very mindful of how they're getting rid of those things. They're jacking up the whole water system and then everyone's affected so always know that whatever every action you take there is an effect that comes with that and it's not just you it affects others there's that there's that whole little butterfly effect you well, that's, know, that's, that's, what's, that's what's going on with chloroquine too is that people hear about it in the news and all these people are stockpiling it and there are a lot of people out there who take that for lupus and other conditions rheumatoid exactly. arthritis and now they can't get it yeah so you don't need to stockpile that i mean that's just moronic as well yeah, exactly. So again, the theme here is less is more. That's one thing we should be getting from this entire situation. There's a lot of things you've been doing a whole lot of, and you didn't have enough time for yourself. Now you have yeah. a lot of free time. So now dial things down and like, okay, what is the, what are some of at least one or two things that are really important that I've been putting off for so long that I can start doing now that I have the time. And so now you can start building that good habit. And trust me, you'll get more than 21 days to make it happen. So that's another good thing about that. So it actually will yeah. become a habit. That was a good time to, you know, but the problem is people are going to have new habit. People are going to pick up is being at home all the time. They're not going right. to know how to get out. You know? yeah, I'm not going back to work. I just draw unemployment. Like, you know, those resources are going to get tapped out soon too. Right. Because if no one's out consuming and spending money and paying taxes, then that guess what? That's going first. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So keep right. that in mind. But at the end of the day, just like I said in the last couple of episodes, I say the same thing. At the end of all this, we're going to be all right. And if we're not all right, then that's just what it was, that's how it was meant to be. <laughs> so, well, then it doesn't matter because it doesn't even matter. So, it doesn't nothing, exist anymore. So, nothing yeah. for you to worry about. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is a good time to really start studying stoicism. It'll really yeah, help you right. get through this. Right. You know, I've been studying the Stoics for a long time, and I think that's the reason why I'm calm through all this because at the end of the day, Memento Mori, remember, you will die. So there's, there's nothing morbid about that. What that should be is a call to action. It means you need to start living right now. Once you, once you hear that and realize what that means, that's your call to action. That's your go-ahead. That's your permission to start living. And you don't have to sit there and defer all those things anymore because sitting there thinking, oh, I'll, I'll do it when I have time. Well, before this happened, we were like, okay, but what happens if you don't have the time? Well, now you do. So now we have to worry about that question anymore. You have the time. So make the most of it. <laughs> so that's what I'm about to go do. I'm about to go help somebody right now make the most of it. And um, yeah, man, I'm good. So I'm good, man. That was great. That was a lot awesome. of good info. So take care of yourselves, folks, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Take care, everyone. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressively show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media, on Facebook, as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.